eco-friendly living. For a lot of people out there, it can seem like a daunting task, one with so many options and paths that you end up feeling overwhelmed and confused instead of inspired and ready to take action. It's hard enough living life today without adding another thing to your plate. That's why I'm here to help. I'm here to pull you out of the societal norms of materialism and overconsumption. I talk about sustainable living, but also things like motherhood, mindfulness, and intentional living. Things that overall help you live a happier, simpler, more eco-friendly life by making small changes in your habits, mindset, and home. This is Kayla Rogers, and you are listening to the Unrooted Mama Podcast. Hey guys, so if you have not listened to last week's episode, I highly suggest doing so before listening to this one. This week I am talking about the second week in like part two of the COP26 agreement, which is the climate summit agreement that happened in Scotland over the past couple weeks. Last week's episode was kind of covering everything that happened in week one and talking a little bit about just what COP26 is in general and what the main goals were. So if you have not listened to that episode yet, I highly suggest doing so before listening to this one. But this episode is the one that is wrapping up the rest of COP26. So if you did listen to last week's episode, buckle up and I will carry you through kind of the conclusion of COP26. So in the last episode, I kind of just covered everything that was agreed on in the first week and what the main goals were and kind of talking about how much was going to ride on week two since not a lot of like concrete commitments were made during week one. And first, I will pretty much just come out and say that most people out there are very disappointed with the overall result and outcome of COP26. A lot of things that were hoped to be discussed and agreed upon during this COP26 agreement were either ignored or pushed back. And honestly, COP26 did fail vulnerable countries in a lot of ways. And I'll kind of explain those ways later. Um, But yeah, the people that are the most impacted by climate change that were there and really hoping to get positive answers and, you know, get some hope by the world leaders were really just completely let down by what happened at COP26. So first I will say that previous commitments had everybody on track for there to be 2.7 degrees Celsius of warming by the year 2100. And after the commitments made in Glasgow, we are down to 2.4 degrees Celsius. So we are on track for there to be a little bit less warming than there were before the climate summit, but this is a long way from the overall target, which was 1.5 degrees Celsius. And I think everybody went in knowing that 1.5 was the goal and the target. So, you know, for it to go down 0.3 degrees Celsius, it's, I mean, it's something, it's a step in the right direction, but it's still a long way away from the main goal of 1.5. So it did address coal and there was like an agreement made upon coal, which is one of the main fossil fuels, which is awesome, in which the final text agreed to phase down of coal. So this is a little bit disappointing just because, you know, we are not trying to phase down on coal. We need to be phasing out of coal, 
but you know that wording was too strong for the leaders that were there so this year you know the agreement was to phase down on coal and another disappointment about this is that only 40 countries agreed to get rid of coal altogether Um, And honestly, like the main contributors to fossil fuels did not agree to like phase down from coal. So it's a little bit disappointing um, that more countries didn't commit to a quicker phase out, but it still is a step in the right direction. Another thing that came from week two, which is another step in the right direction, is that there are going to be stricter and more regular updates to countries' emission plans. So nothing about, you know, fossil fuel emissions was agreed upon during this COP26 agreement, unfortunately, but countries are going to have to come back next year to the climate summit with concrete plans on how they are going to reduce their emissions by 2030 to make sure that it's in line with a 1.5 degrees warming scenario. So this is awesome because it pretty much forces immediate and tangible action. The countries can't just push this off. They have to like go back to their countries and their leaders and figure out how they can reduce their fossil fuel emissions to lower the warming down to 1.5 degrees. So this, again, it's a really good step in the right direction, but I guess we have to wait till next year to see if it's going to be enough or not. So one thing that was a big letdown, like I mentioned earlier in this episode, it's something that affects the vulnerable countries and countries that are impacted by climate change. And that was that the climate finance commitments did not meet expectations. That was one of the main goals from the climate summit this year was that they would come to some agreement where richer countries would give money and funding to poorer countries to help them mitigate against climate change because those vulnerable countries are the ones that see the most impacts from climate change. There are hundreds of thousands of people already being displaced that are in those vulnerable countries and they don't have the funding to help their citizens and to you know just help protect everybody from these horrible impacts of climate change. So poorer countries were supposed to get funding from richer countries that will help them and they were extremely let down. Pretty much there was no concrete agreement. Like I think the goal that I mentioned in the last episode was that they had a goal of a hundred billion dollars is what wealthy countries would give to poor nations to help with climate change mitigations. And unfortunately, this did not happen. There was no concrete agreement. And the amount that they mentioned won't be enough to provide all of the adaption measured needed for each of the countries. So again, that was just a huge letdown for a ton of people. Another thing that kind of goes along with this is that they were hoping to put in place a plan for loss and damage that's associated with the negative impacts of climate change. And, you know, obviously this is something that would also have helped vulnerable nations that have already been greatly impacted by climate change. And this agreement and talk was pushed off until next year. Another thing that was talked about was the ratchet mechanism. And this is something that they agreed upon in the Paris Climate Agreement pretty much stating that every country was required to review their NDCs every five years. And if you're not aware what an NDC is, it's pretty much a nationally determined contribution toward the global response to climate change. They are the individual country's self-defined goals for climate change mitigation. 
And initially in the Paris Climate Agreement, it was agreed upon that these would be revisited every five years. But the Glasgow Pact has actually increased this to updating and revising it by next year. Now, it hasn't been like agreed upon that this is going to be a yearly thing versus a five-year thing, but it is still a step in the right direction that they are going to revisit the NDCs next year. So that is something at least. <laughs> And then the last cool thing that happened during COP26 was that there was a pledge for leading nations to end the scale of petrol and diesel cars by the year 2035. So that pretty much sums up the big highlights of COP26. Um, and again, a lot of people are extremely disappointed and call this year's climate summit a failure. Because honestly, there were just a lot of goals that everybody collectively had that were never agreed upon or met. Or, you know, things like the coal phase down, you know, it's not the level or the scale that the world needs in order to prevent any further than 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming. All in all, there is a lot of work left to be done. I think everybody in the climate change world was really riding so much on this COP26 agreement and had very high expectations. And if anything, this proved that, you know, the world leaders don't care as much as we hope that they do and that we wish that they do. And it sucks because I feel like, especially the Paris Climate Agreement, it got so much traction and there was so much hope that came from it and people were really expecting the same thing to happen with the Glasgow climate agreement and it just you know it left a lot to be desired all in all though baby steps are still steps in the right direction that's what this podcast is all about you know taking small action that will lead to a more sustainable future and so hopefully that's what this COP26 was as well. At least that's what I'm trying to think. I'm trying not to be too pessimistic. I think that a lot will ride on what happens next year, especially with countries having to come back and give their plans on how they'll reduce emissions by 2030. But if this year's COP26 agreement taught us anything, it's that we cannot wait around for the world leaders to, you know, hopefully have a meeting and come to agreements that will save the world because, you know, COP26 kind of just showed us that we do need to start getting more serious about this. And if the world leaders are not going to be serious about it on the huge scale that is the Global Climate Summit, that means that us as individuals need to start speaking up and making a lot of noise and kind of just look in the mirror and figure out how we can be more sustainable on an individual basis and how we can try to, you know, make the world better in terms of treating the earth better. So I know, at least for me personally, this was kind of a wake-up call that the world leaders are not going to come together and save everything for us, and it kind of just reiterated how important individual action is to me. So all in all, I don't think that COP26 was... A failure. I don't think that it completely missed the mark. It was at least steps in the right direction and hopefully countries will take it more seriously moving forward and will actually go back and do some reflecting themselves and figure out how they can make their countries more sustainable. And on top of that, I really hope that the richer nations actually give the funding that was promised to poorer nations. That way they can start 
working towards their adaptation measures and mitigation efforts in terms of climate change. So hopefully this learning about the COP26 agreement did not add to your eco-anxiety or, you know, eco-doomism. Just know that, you know, we are taking little steps towards a better future and a more sustainable future. And really, all in all, that's all that we can hope for. If anyone that's listening wants to read like the final text from COP26 or read the the lengthy list of everything that was talked about and agreed upon, um, everything in there I pretty much summed up in this episode and the last episode. But in the show notes, I will add a couple links for you guys for anybody that wants to go do more reading and research about the topic. So yeah, I hope that this gave you some insight and kind of summed up week two of the climate agreement for you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Unrooted Mama podcast. And until next time.